Welcome back to Bible Babble. I'm here with John McKeever and Dr. Kevin Burris. Uh, we're hello, John. What's up, Gary? Hello, Dr. Burris. What's up, Gary? <laughs> uh, we're here talking about Genesis one today. We're very excited. Yeah, Genesis one, the creation account. So let's just read some of it, and then we can get started with questions. So, Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, stuff squeaking gear, says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. So it goes through and it goes through each of the days and each of the things that God created through the days all the way to day seven in which he rested. And a question that we have is kind of for, for you, Dr. Burst, is how do you interpret <laughs> Genesis chapter one? And do you interpret it more literalistically or symbolically? Well, can we talk about those terms first, maybe? Yeah, yeah. Um, so... I mean, symbolically might be a, a term with a lot of baggage, um, maybe more literarily, mm-hmm. where we're observing it from the perspective of uh, this, this larger kind of narrative that is kicking off Genesis and ultimately the whole Pentateuch and the whole Hebrew Bible. Um, and you might view this as a, a poem where we have these rhythms of day and night um, where and God calls it all good um, except on Monday he doesn't he actually he says it's good twice on Tuesday but then interesting only once on Monday I, I mean not at all on Monday yeah mm. interesting but that's beside the point um, and then and then you can read it also literally uh, taking each act of creation as exactly how God decided to create the cosmos. Um, and so, yeah, back to John's question. Would you would you read it more literarily or literally or both? Yeah, I don't think that they're necessarily um, at odds with one another unless you go beyond what the text is intending and maybe start insisting on certain aspects of the text. If you're insisting on a certain just rigid order of creation that then gives you problems in chapter two, or if you're insisting on an exact 24-hour period of time, uh, which is possible, but it's not what the text is about, right? Mm. Um, Then then those things give you problems when it comes to being literal or, you know, well, yeah, being literal, but um, I, I think that literary and literal go together in my mm-hmm. book. Um, this doesn't this chapter doesn't necessarily speak to the age of the earth, it, even reading it literally. I don't think there's an in the beginning and there's mm-hmm. um, a natural Hebrew way of, of taking a, a creation story and and day can you know, it can mean 24 hours and maybe it does with ordinal numbers or cardinal numbers, but, uh, it doesn't have to in all cases. So 
So I, I think I, I take both um, a story of God creating. Um, the the main point is is not to tell us the age of the earth or mm. or order of creation, yeah. perhaps, but uh, yeah. of showing God as creator of space and then filling space in a creative way, showing God as king over creation, and then showing God yeah. as providing for a situation in which man can be king over creation also as a as a subsidiary of God there. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Um kind of growing up, I grew up um homeschooled, um pretty conservative now that I'm, you know, removed from it. Um I recognize that and and part of my education was believing that um, any interpretation outside of a literal seven days uh, creation story was, I mean, it was just unchristian. Yeah. It was like almost like too liberal. Yeah, yeah. You got that too. Yeah. 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 yeah like, it's like, I don't know. Like, if you don't read it, like, literalistically, like, super literal taking these actual as 24 hour days then you're not taking the scripture seriously and you're not like uh holding to the doctrine of of inspiration or whatever yeah Mm -hmm. or you don't you don't think the scriptures are infallible and i think i think that's a problem like and it's interesting because like when you look at church history like interpreting genesis 1 literally was not like the widest most like the most prominent view overall in church history Really? And yeah, it was like more like it's it's shown up in church history, but it was more prominent like in the 1800s and moving on, which is which is interesting that mm. like now we think that this is yeah. the only correct way, or that's how it's been taught to us, yeah. at least to me. And yeah, I would say in church history you do have a consistent tradition of most assuming though a seven day creation um, the only ones who didn't were an instantaneous creation type of issue where the, the church fathers would say well it's ridiculous that it would take God seven days to create so they would say it's instantaneous creation and Genesis 1 is a literary technique to show us the division of things that were created hmm. um, okay. which would have been kind of the reverse type of heresy but you do have um, a, a heresy not heresy okay. the reverse type of what would be called heresy by the six day literal they would be like oh you're a heretic you think it wasn't six days (laughs) it was instantaneous it only took it didn't take any time yeah yeah. Uh, so it's the opposite yeah yeah. but I I do think that uh, you're right about the I mean with the rise of the enlightenment and especially evolution you have Mm. responses to so it becomes a bigger thing but I I would say that the church that church history is there's there's pretty much an assumption because it's never challenge right you, mm. you don't ever so it's not talked about too much mm. but yeah. I think it, it does seem to be assumed mm. a, a six day creation uh, and I would be clear in my view I'm, I am a six day creationist I just don't believe that's the main I mean that's not the main yeah. point of the text and I'm a, I'm a young okay. earth person yeah. because of a because of different things than Genesis chapter one okay. um, but there seems to be this natural simplistic reading if you were to just pick up Genesis chapter one and read it on your own and you were to ask well what how did God create you know well he created by speaking and, and yeah. how long did it take well, six days yeah. you know that yeah. that's the the natural way of reading and so mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I think that was yeah. a common assumption okay. in the early church. Hmm. And I don't think you have many okay. people who would, I, I may be wrong, but I, I don't know those that would say 
before the the time of, of evolution that there are you know millions many church theologians at least that are saying uh, millions of years or billions of years or hmm. or whatever so but this but this six day creation view didn't come like out as a specific view in comparison to other views until it was challenged because it was an assumption. Yeah, I think I think that it it would be fair to say that most of the early church, uh, even through the Middle Ages, I mean, you know, just like it'd be fair to say that most of the early church through the Middle Ages thought the, that the sun revolved around the earth. I mean, yeah. that, we have to be yeah. very clear in the overall evidence that there were some great mistakes, and and it could be that you know the, the one one of the same mistakes would be that the earth is only six thousand years old. Yeah. Um, so that that's entirely possible, and people like me could be wacko on. <laughs> on that, uh, but I don't. I mean, I, I think you know when I was young and I picked up Genesis and read it, I naturally assumed that Absolutely. without anyone telling me that that yeah. God created it in six days, and you know, someone had said, "Well, you know, you were talking about I, I worked on that. I worked on that project for three days. Yeah. Does that mean that I worked for three little twenty-four hour periods, or did I work on it over? You know, or you know, there's." I would have maybe even understood that as a as a young Christian that there could be some variation there, but in general, six days. So, hmm. yeah. Would would you equate like that natural reading? You just pick it up and read it kind of at face value to like almost the mistake of taking other passages out of context, just by not not reading the surrounding immediate context or not you know, understanding the cultural historical context and you just, you kind of read it and come up with these assumptions, reading it through your own, you know, for us, a Western like lens rather than understanding the context that it was written in. Would you equate that interpretation? I mean, I know that you, you hold to a more literal uh, interpretation, but would you equate like what is happening in Genesis one when people interpret it literally to other instances of taking things out of context? Yeah, it, it could very well be. I think uh, we have to be, you know, open about the way that we view things. And even though the early yeah. church fathers are taking it in a certain way, uh, they are fourteen hundred years removed from the writing of Genesis, and they're not in an ancient Near Eastern culture. They're much closer than we are, but they're not in Moses's culture. Yeah. Um, it, you know, I'm assuming oh, Moses yeah, is the author true. of the Pentateuch, um, about to enter into the. Uh, promised land and not uh, writing in terms of contra the Canaanites that are in the land and what they believe. So the early church isn't even in the same picture. And so me as a, you know, six, seven, eight year old boy reading the Bible, you know, whenever my mom told me it's time to read the Bible or read me, read me Bible stories, I would assume a certain thing, just like I probably would have assumed without knowing much about the world that there were four corners to the world and that the sun was actually rising and the sun was actually setting yeah. and the earth yeah. was the sun was rotating around the earth um, if you'd press me um, so it's not a definitive um, argument for I'm just I, I think that when it comes to the early church uh, the early church interpreted this way and I don't know too much about the the um, pre-modern, Jewish writers and how they interpreted um, the passage as far yeah. as the age, whether it actual days, things like that. So yeah. I know they made a lot of comments, but they weren't usually having to do anything with this. Like Garrett said, you know, the word good is 
mentioned twice on the second day. So as a result, almost all the Jewish weddings are on Tuesdays, you know, because <laughs> yeah. because you have uh, the, yeah, the first right. day of the week is Sunday. It's actually on third day, I guess, that this mentioned because it's on weddings are on Tuesday. The first day of the week's Monday and second day of the week is I mean, the first day of the week's Sunday, the second day of the week's Monday and then Tuesday. So Jewish weddings are on mm-hmm. Tuesdays. And if you look at Jesus's wedding at Cana, you know, he's he's following right along as he's invited to a wedding on a Tuesday, right? The yeah. third day of the week. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's because God doubly blessed that day. Hmm. Um, so so they commented on things like that, but not necessarily on age of the earth very much at yeah. all. I think I may be wrong. I am not an expert on on this. We don't have a rabbinical expert um, <laughs> yeah. on our, uh, in our staff. Yeah. So yeah. unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. Part of part of my kind of instincts, well, it, it's not originally an instinct, but kind of my inclination to reading it like entirely literarily is because I, I don't want to I don't want to hold the Bible to a standard that it's not trying to hold and that it's yeah. and that's not I wouldn't think it's trying to communicate scientific principles to us yeah and so I mean in the same way that we know that the sun doesn't actually rise and set you we, don't you don't think so no you, yeah out of that view okay well I think (laughs) phenomenological language is important to recognize and um, I don't know how many of the ancient people would have thought the sun actually rose or set because of that they would have probably those that looked at stars and thought deeply about it would would figure other things out Uh, but I, I think that uh, we have to distinguish between we we keep saying literary literally and literarily <laughs> yeah. and and I, I would say that I read it pretty little literarily. I mean, I, I there's a yeah. there's a God creating God being presented as King of all creation, um, God yeah. Yeah. creating three spaces and filling three spaces. Mm-hmm. Man is the King of creation. God setting the pattern for rest on the seventh day, mm-hmm. and that is totally in line with the literary structure of Genesis 1 and 2. Um, yeah. And we have to be careful because if we if we get too literary, uh, <laughs> we may be talking about things like were there an actual Adam and Eve and was there an actual Garden of Eden? And, yeah, that's, and, and that's true. So that that's true. We, there has to be a discussion of what are, what are our bounds yeah. uh, when it comes to House, I think I think we have to start talking about the the interpretation that's called just symbolic interpretation. Then, um, mm. so there there may be a an outer limit to that. I don't I don't know. Yeah. So yeah. But but would you say that interpreting Genesis one and, and two and all that literarily would like assume or not necessarily assume, but like invite the possibility that he's not speaking of actual 24-hour days here. And oh, I think it's definitely a possibility. Yeah, we're yeah. not talking about... I mean, I'm, I'm, t- I'm basing a, a young earth um, not on Genesis 1 and 2. Um, I, I think it fits well with, with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and the days fit well. But we're missing... The, we don't want to... We don't want to miss the main point. Yeah. God is yeah. ruling over creation. Yeah. He is creating out of nothing. He is this Hebrew yeah, word bara yeah. in a in a magnificent way and, and showing his power and authority over all light, darkness, land, water, uh, all the creatures of the earth. 
Um, that's the, the main issue, showing God ruling and setting man over creation. I, I, you know, I think that chapter one is presenting God the Father speaking, and chapter two, and this is where I'm, you know, people would also say I'm a little bit crazy on chapter two, is, is the, the Son forming. And I think this is what the New Testament picks up on, right? With the, all things, the, the, the word passage, and John wants us to make the direct beeline to Genesis 1 and John 1 and say, oh, yeah. Jesus uh-huh. is involved yeah. in, in this in the beginning and yeah. what the Father is speaking, the Son is doing. And John proceeds to his entire gospel, show us how that's the case. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the Father speaks, the Son makes. Yeah. Um, and so that's a, that's a huge that's that's the main thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Young Earth is is you know it's possible. I think Old Earth is is possible from there. I think there are other issues with Old Earth outside of outside of Genesis one. Mm. But, yeah. but that's asking questions that the text is not seeking to answer necessarily. Yeah. Yeah. What do you say? Yeah. 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 I I I'm following a uh, for my view of. Young Earth, I'm I'm following mainly the issue of is there death before the fall, and yeah. that, you know Paul talks about this in Romans, and an old Earth person would say that yeah there is for the animals, and it's just the death of humanity in mm-hmm. which it's in which uh, death for death for humans comes in through sin, but then you look at like First Corinthians chapter fifteen. Uh, and that close connection that Paul makes between sin and death, yeah. and how there, you know, yeah. there's no sting uh, for death unless you know yeah. when, sin. whenever yeah. sin. And you, yeah. you look at you look at the book of Revelation, and and the end, whenever we go into the Garden of Eden, before we get into that again, death is thrown into the lake of fire. Yeah. And so I just see death as something that is not compatible with with perfect creation. Death before the fall to me, it, it's probably just my own. I mean, my own idea of God and perfect creation. It's not. It's it's a. It doesn't have to be from those New Testament test texts that um, that other death didn't happen. The dinosaurs weren't eating, you know, Bambi. But yeah. I just don't expect <laughs> to be walking down the street in heaven, you know, or the new heavens and new earth, you know, and the you know, and see a T Rex jump out and, and eat the eat the deer or something. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's a that's a totally different thing than Genesis one. It just so happens that Genesis one can be in, interpreted and has for a long time been interpreted um, in a young Earth way. So yeah. Mm. So would you say that an old Earth view, um, like basically assumes that there was death before the fall? Yeah, I think so. I think uh, the old Earth view in term entails a lot of things that the you know, old Earth person would have to reckon with. One would be death before the fall for sure. Another would be a yeah. local flood versus a global flood because a, a global flood doesn't fit with other scientific yeah. evidence. Um, you know, the the young Earth person like me is left with you know the craziness of dealing with scientific evidence that seems yeah. to totally point away from a young Earth. Yeah. Um, and yeah. and I can I can try to make explanations for a lot of that but things like starlight just don't work you know if a star is six billion years away then it doesn't give me much room for explaining how i can see it or how how i can see it explode you know Mm -hmm. uh the age the creation with the age of appearance you know well that makes sense for adam who probably was created looking like he was a you know a 25 year old or something Mm -hmm. but it doesn't make sense with a galaxy and a star exploding so yeah yeah Hmm. so so but I guess my question is like, why why does an old Earth view necessitate that there was death before the fall, or how? Well, um, 
Old Earth goes with, you know, when it comes to Old Earth, you you usually have uh, a gradual creation. You know, it doesn't have to be. Most Old Earth uh, Christian theologians aren't theistic evolutionists, Mm -hmm. uh, but there has to be a gradual, you know, development of species and and, and at some point man coming into that chain of events. And Uh, so there has to be death at some point. mm -hmm. And Old Earth creationism is not incompatible with uh, young Adam, young man. You know, that, that there could have been an old earth, dinosaurs and so on, and man created 6,000 years ago. Most people don't aren't crazy enough to hold that view. I once, you know, mm-hmm. one, one guy yeah. that I really like on this that's an old earth person but really wants to be a young earth person because of the death before the fall text would like to be an old universe but a young earth person. And I just, yeah. I think that's fascinating, you know. Oh, yeah. Um, no one what? goes, it, it, that's, there's a total dissonance there with yeah. science and right. and everything. But yeah, um, I think the main issue is we're, we're looking at a scientific world, the big rise of old earth theology, just like maybe the emphasis on six day creationism comes with issues with evolution and with geology, right? I mean, you're, you, you got to figure out dinosaur bones and you got to figure yeah. out all kinds of things that don't fit into a few thousand years. Yeah. Um, radio, radiometric dating techniques, things like that. So. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> What would you, uh, when it comes to the historicity of Adam, what would you use to, what are some texts that you would use or evidence that you would bring up for the historicity of Adam? So for some context for that question, there's there's the debate that there, uh, that the Adam we read about in uh, Genesis, you know, one through three uh, might not have actually been a real human being or a real person that the the Garden of Eden is symbolic. And so the question John is bringing up is, is well, is there a historical Adam, a real Adam historical figure? And and I've also heard the thing that, like, I don't know if I believe this. I don't think I do. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that Adam and Eve could have not even been the first, yeah, the first uh-huh. humans to exist. I don't see that because, like, I see God creating from dust and like bringing about the first humans, you know, from something other than humans. Yeah. So I don't know if I see that, but I don't know. Just like, how would you, how would you respond to someone who, who didn't believe in the historicity of Adam? Yeah. It's interesting the way Christians have responded to the, the, some of the scientific issues over the years. Um, For a long time, especially in the Southeast where we live, the most popular view of the earth was the gap theory where that there were millions of years of um, soulless men and women living on the earth. And uh, in the flood of Lucifer, you had a start over, you know, and yeah. and that's when Adam and Eve came along. And so, so that's why you have all these weird so fossils weird. and stuff. So, so people deal with these things in all different types of ways. But um, for literal Adam, I would start by just, I mean, I would, though it's not the, the best uh, text, I would start with Genesis and look at those genealogies and see how insistent they are, not just on somebody begat so-and-so, but somebody lived this many years and had this this child and then, so, you know, died so many years later and then that person lived this long. And, and those are a different type of genealogy than you get in the ancient Near East. You don't get this type of specificity and these types of years. So that seems really literal. It seems like a real person, a real son, a real grandson, and, and you know, real 
problems and fights and floods and all kinds of things. Yeah. But then, of course, uh, there's an affirmation of Adam um, in the New Testament over and over, first yeah, by Jesus and then yeah. and then by Paul. And it yeah. it seems to be really important. And if you look at, I, I just think that the text that speaks the most to me, you, you've got Romans um, 5 and Romans 8 for sure. But then when you yeah. go to 1 Corinthians 15, um, Paul is so concerned about the type of body that Adam has and the type of body that mm-hmm. we will have a new type and there's one type of body for for humanity but there's a new type of body an incorruptible body and so mm-hmm. when I look at that Paul seems to be really entwined in I mean he could be making some sort of theoretical argument about a myth of a of a first person or something but it doesn't that doesn't seem to be the case the mm-hmm. New Testament authors really Jesus and the New Testament authors really seem to be buying into a real guy named Adam and a real wife named Eve and mm-hmm. the issues yeah. that resulted as a, as as part of their living and making conscious decisions to defy God. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Would you say that? Would you say that the the effects of the fall kind of depend on there having been a historical Adam and Eve? Oh, the like effects could, of the fall. What like, would the fall have looked like if there wasn't? Yeah, yeah, because yeah. Adam bringing in sin, sin going to all men right. because of Adam, because yeah. all sinned. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think maybe that those who don't hold to literal Adam or literal one Adam, there are the theories of multiple Adams and Eve. Yeah. You know that in that would say something like happened before the flood. That in general humanity was sinful and rebelled against God, and it wasn't just the fall of one. It was proof that all were sinful. And okay. it, it makes sense if you look at the flood logic. Um, if you look at the cross logic, all the world is kind of arrayed against Jesus, against yeah. the Lord and his yeah. anointed yeah. Uh, in fulfillment of Psalm 2. Yeah. Um, but I do think it's problematic with, with reading Genesis, um, the Genesis account, given what Jesus and the apostles say about Adam. It, it seems to be very... I mean, they are. Adam is mentioned, of course, in the uh, genealogies of other books, and he's yeah. mentioned in um, at least one of the prophets in terms of a, of an Edenic covenant. So. Yeah. Mm. I've I've heard the case made um, that every use usage of, of Adam is used in like a typological or archetypal yeah, yeah, way, yeah. Um, and so it doesn't necessitate there to be an actual historical Adam and Eve. Yeah, seems to go against the the way that the genealogies are put together, right? That's what I was going to say. Yeah, mm-hmm. how would one re- refute? Yeah, yeah, the genealogy yeah. argument. Yeah, it just I, I'm not sure that it'd be it would be pretty hard, you know. Maybe maybe there would be a Seth that was the <laughs> the, the first person that we recognize, and he was the child. But it it just really seems yeah, to be something. Yeah, where do you start? That, yeah, yeah. yeah. And the book of Luke even goes from Jesus right. back to yeah. Adam, All and then back. the Son of God, and yeah. so it's a. It seems pretty clear. Um, you know, we have to be humble on these issues and realize we could be wrong. Um, and we have to also realize that just like, uh, you know, it, it's not an issue for an old earth person, old earth creationist, but I have a lot of issues as a young earth creationist with science. Um, yeah. You know, whenever we, we find footprints and date them with our uh, radiometric techniques and find that they're millions of years old, that just tells you, whoa, that's something that we we, are, we have a, a little bit of a dissonance about when it comes to 
to what science says and what the what scripture says. Also, there's there's some interesting division on uh, the issues of can could one person and then it's not even just Adam because you have to start over again kind of with Noah and and his wife and yeah. and the genetics of three other pairs with the wives of their sons. Yeah. Could the genetic diversity that we get come from um, yeah. those? Yeah, I mean, yeah. it, it, uh, most say no, though there have been some interesting studies uh, recently, and and so. Um, yeah. I, I think that um, I'm I'm very simplistic in my view of these things and just think whenever you're having a miraculous creation in which the entirety of material existence is being created and formed yeah, within, out, of, absolutely. out of nothing, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, then, uh, then we've got to allow for perhaps some genetic engineering <laughs> yeah, on behalf of God. If yeah, he can take a rib fair. and make a woman, then he can also <laughs> diversify the gene pool a little bit. Yeah. And I mean, I know scientifically that that's gobbledygook and doesn't make any sense, yeah. but I'm not going for the scientific explanation. I, I worry sometimes that we as Christians just get all bent out of shape about the yeah, science. I love Christians that yeah. deal with the science, but but I'm I'm worried that sometimes we we worry about that aspect too much, um, and then sometimes we just totally brush it aside. If, it, yeah. if there's a mound of evidence one way, we're like, oh, who cares? Let's just which is also a problem. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, my question is this: if if from your perspective or your view that millions of years is is not the correct view. Um, why, like, why does that not line up with the literal interpretation of Genesis one to where these could be literal six, seven, 24 hour days, but why couldn't there be years and years after that, that bring us to a, an earth that is millions or billions of years old? Yeah, there could be, if those aren't literal days. Um, I mean, I would, I would be much more comfortable with that because of, um, uh, the, the, old Adam wouldn't be a necessity there. I could bring Adam back to around the same time period. Uh, but again, just I, I think the issue of death before the fall, uh, that's that's I, it just seems so I hate beating the same drum over and over. <laughs> but when it comes yeah. to it, uh, God is a God of life. Life is so important. And it doesn't seem it seems that that Paul so closely connects sin and death over and over. He does this, but he does it very specifically using Adam as an example in Romans and first Corinthians. And man, that first Corinthians passage, you know, he's really connecting this issue of death is going to be overturned, you know, through this one man, Jesus Christ, the, the one who is life himself. Um, and then, you know, we just, in Greek, we just read, uh, Revelation, uh, 20 today oh, and, uh, um, oh, and incredible. the, the taking of, of yeah. death, you know, death gives up its, uh, up the bodies and they're cast into the lake of fire. And then last mm. of all, it says God throws death into the lake mm. of fire. And I, I, I look at that Hades and death is thrown into the lake of fire. That's, that's, that's saying awesome. something in terms of a perfect creation future. We're not yeah. expecting death of anything. We're not expecting, you know, the, the forest fires to break out and, and burn up mm-hmm. Bambi like it's happening north of here in our, near our oh, hometown. And, no. and yeah. we're not, and so. Is that where all the smoke's coming from? Yeah, it is apparently. Wow. That's, that's what I'm told. But, um, yeah, so death before the fall, it just, uh, you know, when I get to, when I get to old earth, I'm, I'm, it's, it's a tough one to get around for me. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess what I'm saying is like with a non non we'll use that language non literal interpretation of, of Genesis one, uh, there's an allowance for an older Earth because these could be longer periods. Yeah. But I'm saying when you do say that these are literal days, 
why does it have to be like a lot of young earth creationists believe that the earth is 6,000 to 10,000 years old? Why does it have to be that time period? Why can't it be, oh, be yeah. much, much longer than that? Well, I think um, it was um, last name Usher, I think, um, <laughs> first started you know, taking the, it had been done before, but first started popularizing the tracing the the ages back. And I've done it, but if you start with dates that we know in history and trace those dates back, given the genealogies of Genesis, then you get back to about 6200 BC. Uh, I mean, sorry, 4200 BC, which is 6,200 yeah. years ago. Yeah. So it, maybe that's not what you asked, but when it yeah. comes to that, when it comes to that, if, if, man is created in the same day as animals and animals don't die until right. man is created then then you're kind of stuck there right you're stuck yeah. in a okay i've got to f somehow fit dinosaurs in there <laughs> yeah. and i've got to figure out all kinds of issues with the half-life so yeah yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. It's, and in the end you have to do what i do and just messy. say like i don't understand the science and the science may be proving me wrong here but i i really you know it's a uh, I don't know. Go yeah. with that simple reading of the text and yeah. and move forward. You know, an old earth person has a, some complications in the text, too. And I think both, the big yeah. one is dealing with New Testament statements about mm. sin and death. So, mm. yeah. I, I'm just so hesitant to, I don't know, there's just something in me that doesn't want to to kind of brush away the, the scientific evidence. Yeah. 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 I would brush it away. I mean, like, we would need to be in pursuit of it. but and Definitely. And I can't see how like God would God would give us all this evidence of, of, of the earth seeming really old, but just kidding, got you, it's actually really young. That mm. that doesn't seem like God's character yeah. to me. Yeah. Where he's misleading us oh. and leaving us these false clues and hints to follow. It's very tough. Uh, I know there's one particular person, if I were to mention, I won't mention his name because probably, he probably doesn't want to be mentioned, but <laughs> extremely smart, and he's a part of our campus. And um, in talking to him about old earth and young earth, this is, the, this is the issue. This is the big issue. I mean, he's the only one in his family that actually, you know, uh, holds to a old earth creationism. And for him, he just the scientific evidence is something to just throw that away, and God can't lie. And so, it, him making the earth seem old would be a would be a lie. I mean, I don't go to him intentionally making the earth seem old or something. I don't go with appearance of age at all. You yeah, know, I mean, right. I, like I say, there may be some appearance of age if he if he creates the world, and there are all of a sudden you go from. You go from nothing to something to division of land and with water over it and then water in the heavens and then the, the rakia, the, the sky, and then you go to land masses. It's going to look, I mean, if we tried to explain that, oh, like say we, we showed up like the day after and tried yeah. to explain that yeah. and we saw grass grown, we'd be like, okay, well, there's grass here. So at least that'd take a few days, right? Yeah, yeah. Trees there's trees or rings you know, in it. Yeah. You know? yeah. And, and so it, there's a necessity of an appearance of age in yeah, that way. That's true. That's true. But the the fossil record and all those things, those would have to be explained in in a different way. And I know there's a lot of attempts to, but it, it's just difficult. Yeah, I mean, it is. There's so it much is. that goes yeah. into it. Oh my yeah. goodness. So I wouldn't say brush it away. I would just say we need humility in our in our science. Like we need humility in our Bible reading. And sometimes, oh, that's so true. The science changes a lot, right? Even even Darwinian theory changes all the time. It's it's constantly being revised and um it has to i mean 
in the end for Darwinian evolution, which not which most Christian young earth are not, you know, advocates of that for sure. But uh, for atheistic evolution, you have to have a you have to have a beginning of something, and so that's that cr- makes that theory spiral out of control in terms of what yeah. what has to happen to actually have something begin at yeah. some point. Right. But atheistic right. evolutions, uh, you know, it, there there's at least a an acknowledgement of an initial creation mm-hmm. um, yeah. and watching over, and then which I I, I think is a very dangerous uh, position for a Christian to dabble with. But old Earth is, I mean, old Earth is not. That's not the same, right? That's a, yeah. yeah, that's true. You're trying to take the biblical text very seriously. You're trying to take science very seriously. You're, you know, um, I think there are issues, but yeah. 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 Any yeah. other questions, John? No, I was just going to make a, a last statement. Just like uh, God, God's truth, you know, can be revealed, you know, through science. And we're looking at like, we're looking at interpreting the science and we're looking at interpreting the scriptures and we're looking at the science and seeing what it says and taking it at face value and saying, does it seem to contradict with the scriptures? Well, do we need to reevaluate how we interpret the scriptures or do we need to yeah. reevaluate how we interpret science, you know? Yeah. And, and all of scripture is God's truth, but it's like, how have we interpreted it? And, and yeah, we have to look at science and, and how God reveals his truth through science as well. Yeah. yeah. Great dialogue. Yeah. yeah. Maybe that'll be a future. Yeah. Future episode. Yeah. 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 Thanks, guys. Yeah. yeah. Thank, Thank you so much, Dr. Bruce. Expression on the face of my sweet Today's theme song has been Shangri-La by Amy Ward. See y'all next time. But this time no sorrow.